Luke chapter 23, 26 to 31. And as they led him away, they seized one Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, and laid on him the cross to carry it behind Jesus. And there followed him a great multitude of the people and of women who were mourning and lamenting for him. But turning to them, Jesus said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things, when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Welcome, everyone, to our morning service. I do pray and hope that you are um, doing well since daylight saving start has daylight saving times. Daylight saving time has started today. And I know that all of you got one hour less of sleep. But we are here together to worship our God and to be invigorated by his word, to be strengthened by even this fellowship over Zoom, and to know that God is always with us. Sundays is a time to remind ourselves once again that the world does not have control over us. The world does not dictate who we are in our identity. We come before the Lord and we say no to the world, right? We say yes to Jesus and yes to his people and yes to worshiping and say, this is who we are. This time of worship is sort of a, a time of, of a real practice when we will be doing this forever and ever when Jesus' return, worshiping our God, singing songs to him, declaring his praises, and, and all as we enjoy the fellowship of one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. Today, from, from today until a little bit after Easter, we are going to be actually finishing or completing our series on the Gospel of Luke. So we'll put the theology aside for a while, but I would like for us to complete this um, series on the Gospel of Luke and for us to see what happens to Jesus as he is about to be crucified, to see what happens at his crucifixion, his resurrection, and to see how he interacts with his disciples after he has raised again from the dead. There is much for us to learn about our Savior, Jesus, and his love for us. There's much to learn about his, his mindset and the, the plan that he has for you and I in salvation. In our passage today, we see that Jesus had just been judged by Pilate and that Jesus at this point was being led to be crucified at the cross. So here's a picture of Jesus carrying the cross himself as he walked towards the place where he would meet his death. Now, as he was walking, he didn't really carry the, the whole cross with him. He simply just carried the, the crossbar. And he most likely just carried it on his shoulder as he was walking. 
And as he was walking, the, the Roman soldier saw this guy named Simon or Simon of Cyrene, and he made him carry it as he was walking through. And as he was walking, crowds were about him, perhaps some of his disciples, perhaps people who knew of him, people, and perhaps people who were just looking at the spectacle of, of a crucifixion that was about to happen. But we know that as he was walking, people were weeping over him. People were wailing over the fact that this Jesus of Nazareth was about to die. Now, as Good Friday and Easter comes upon us, we know that it is right for us to weep over the death of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And in fact, the, the purpose of Lent and the purpose of Holy Week is for us to look and gaze upon our Savior and to say to ourselves rightly that this event is the most unjust event in all of history. That there is no event that has ever happened in all of history, no matter how evil, no matter how heinous, that has ever happened in all of history compared to the death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I want to implore all of you, brothers and sisters, that as we continue this march towards Good Friday and Easter, to look upon the sufferings of Jesus and to rightfully, as the crowd did, to weep over his death and his injustice. Now, I'm going to say something here that will deeply affect many of you, and it might actually disturb you a little bit, but I want you to understand that what I'm saying here is because what I'm going to about, about to say, because I want you to have that emotional connection with Jesus. We need to know that our Savior is the most precious thing to us. Many of us have suffered loss in our lives. Many of us have almost suffered loss, perhaps, in our lives. Many of us have not received what we thought was due to us at our work. Many of us have been betrayed in relationships. And many of us remember how deeply affected our hearts were. Perhaps tears that overwhelmed us. Perhaps anger 
that manifested in fits of rage, perhaps simply deep depression. for the events that had occurred. What we do, whatever it might have happened, what we, and how you reacted, what we do know is that our hearts were deeply affected. And we asked ourselves, Lord, help me. I am deeply wounded. I am deeply afflicted, afflicted. I am in a state of sorrow that I do not know how to get out. And these feelings and these events that happen in our lives are, are part of the human experience. And we know living on this side of the resurrection that, that God is here to minister to us. But let me remind you, without sort of lessening or, or not appreciating what we are going through, I want you to, at that, those moments in your life, to instead of looking completely at your own sufferings and to see the, the connection between that suffering to your emotions, I want you to look at Jesus and ask yourself the same question. How much more has, was Jesus suffering? How much more the inequity of it all? How much more is he suffering and weeping? And here I am, I know how to weep for myself. I know how to weep for others, perhaps, in this world who are close to me, who are suffering injustices. But when was the last time I weeped over Christ and all that he suffered and all that he went through for the sake of our salvation? For many of us who perhaps are not as um, cry easily, if I could put it that way, who don't lament easily over other people, I tell you, I myself personally, and I think all of you, this, this might help you, that when there are times of, of real sorrow in your life, when there are times of real sort of anger over injustice in your life, instead of sort of turning it inward, or instead of turning it sort of into the world, look at Jesus and ask yourself the question perhaps, why can't I be as upset? Why can't I be as sorrowful? at what happened to the cross as opposed to what's happening to me or my friends or my family. Help me, Lord Jesus, in my heart, in my affections, 
to be just as upset and angry about the the evils that happened to me, the evils that happened into this world, as the evils that happened to you, Jesus. Help me to weep over you, that my heart may be joined with your heart, and that my love for you can be made manifest in my life today. We often say, don't compare your struggles with other people's struggles. We, we often say that when someone comes to you in, in pain, that, you know, don't, don't, don't try to share your pain. Listen and listen well and love well. And that's all true. But I will say this. There needs to come a time for all of us in the midst of our healing, in the midst of this journey to, to find wholeness in Jesus, there needs to come a time when we need to compare our suffering and our pain to Jesus's. And in so doing, you will find that in Jesus's sufferings, he did so so that you can bear your sufferings. And in looking at his sufferings, you will find hope. For the fact of the matter is, is that God comforted Jesus and God will comfort you. So I ask you, First and foremost, like these daughters of Jerusalem, like these people who are weeping over an innocent man going to the cross, may you look at Jesus the same way. May your heart be sympathetic and empathetic towards your Savior who has done much for you. Now, there's a turn here in this passage. For everything that I just said is, is true. But Jesus does something very amazing here. You see, in the previous chapter, when Jesus is the Mount of Olives, he's praying to his God and he's saying, Father, take this cup away from me. Right? He, he doesn't necessarily um, desire to, to follow this path to salvation for his people, but he knows it's the only way he's willing to obey. But it was at that time of prayer, it seems, that Jesus received strength, that this was his lot, and he was going to, to walk this path, and he was going to do so with a sober mind. You know, many of us will, will look at this and say, if Jesus went to the cross and, and he was just sort of fixated on, on his suffering, fixated on himself, but still did not sin and still went to the cross, we would say, totally understandable, Jesus. Totally understandable that you're, you're in the moment, that this is, is, uh, is going to be difficult for you. And so we'll leave you alone. We'll, we'll let you sort of do what you need to do. And so Jesus, if you're just sort of trying to get in the zone and, and trying to, to uh, get yourself prepared to, to die on the cross, we're all for you. 
we will be here weeping for you, lamenting for you, and, and, and suffering with you, knowing that this is the greatest injustice in the world. But Jesus is amazing here. Because after that time of prayer with his, his father, and there's a lesson here as well, he was able to have a sober mind to minister to people in the midst of his darkest hour. It's a lesson for all of us there, but that's a time for a different sermon, a different message. And Jesus says something spectacular. He says, daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Like what? You know, Pastor, you just said we need to weep for Jesus. Other, other places in scripture, weep for Jesus. But Jesus is saying to the people around him, do not weep for me, but weep for yourself, for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, fall on us and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Jesus looked amongst the people there. And he said to us, not only look at me, but lament at the people around you. There will come a time where people will say, blessed are the people who never had children. Blessed are the people who, who, who never nursed a child. How painful it is to, to raise a child in the midst of judgment, in the midst of destruction. They will say, listen, I would rather the mountains fall on us than behold the judgment of God. I would rather the mountains fall on us than to see the evils that's happening in this world. For if this can happen now, how much worse is it going to be when the Lord returns? And so you and I, he calls, weep for our sins, weep for our end, weep for those who do not know Christ, weep earnestly for the people who need to hear the gospel of Jesus. This is a very simple way to love people. But it's something that we have lost during this time of COVID. And it's something that we have lost during this time of political upheaval or political um, discussions here in our country. Yes, we are to help people and love people in our world today. We are to help in social injustices. I'm not saying no to that. We are to be like the good Samaritan and help those who are have fallen 
who have been beat up to bring healing and to be that agency for that healing. But make no mistake, all of that without sharing the good news of Jesus will come to naught. That when we see people, we can't simply lament over their station in life. We can't simply lament over the unfairness of political structures. We can't simply lament that some people were given a raw deal and some people were given a, a better deal. We can't simply lament over that, although we, although we need to, but we need to lament deeper. That these people, all people, that we come across, that if they don't know the Savior, they will face a destruction where they will say, it is better for me to have the mountain fall upon me than to see the face of God. We need to remember that every single person is made in God's image. Every single person will be judged by God. Every single person will have to give an account. And every single one of us who do not believe in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be headed for eternal punishment. And this is why Jesus says, weep. Weep over your own sins because that's what kept you out. And weep over those who do not know the Lord. And pray and beseech the Lord to reveal himself. To them. I want you to think deeply now in two things. One, look to Jesus and weep over what's happened to him. Weep that your sin has caused this chain of events to happen. Weep, but know that the resurrection is coming, right? But weep at the sadness, and the, and the sadness mixed with love of what Jesus has done for you. Don't simply weep for yourself. Don't feel sorry for yourself all the time. Don't feel sorry for people out there all the time. Weep for Jesus. Be thankful to him. And second, Think of people in your life who do not know the Lord. Has your heart got hardened towards them? Have you so depended upon the doctrine of of, of sovereignty of God and, and predestination that you, you sort of just say, well, if God will save them, God will save them. I just got to give them to God's hand and, and just, just hope. 
And you do so without your heart really being invested in prayer and your heart really be invested in, in shouting out to the Lord for his, his blessings and his spirit to rest upon these people. The Lord uses our prayers. The Lord uses our cryings. The Lord uses that, all of this as a means to reveal his sovereign plan to save people. You and I need to participate in this wholeheartedly as we pray for the salvation of those that God has placed in our lives. Think about family members. Think about friends you've known for a long time. Think about people at work, people at school. Think about people that God has brought into your life. Non-believing friends that you know that I didn't choose these friends. God chose these friends for me. God and his providence brought these people into my life. And somehow we're friends. For what purpose? For what end? We need to be bold and sharing our faith with others. We need to know and understand that their final end and our final end, well, there's only two choices. Eternity with the Lord or eternal punishment without him. I pray that our hearts may be soft. Our hearts would break. I pray that this knowledge for all of you would not simply reside in here, but that you will allow yourself and your heart to break and to weep. I pray that God would break the hardness of all of us. I, pr I pray that we would break so that we can love people well, that we can pray as God has taught us to pray. And, and in so doing that we'd have sympathy and empathy for all. God has loved you. And he continues to love you. God has accomplished salvation for you and I. Rejoice. But go with a sober mind. Be sober in mind. Love Jesus. Love the lost. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that you teach us to weep. Now, weeping is not inherently a bad thing. But we know, Laura, that at times when we simply weep for ourselves or weep over the things of this world, without the context, without the underpinning, without the foundation of weeping, Lord, for the eternal end of all peoples, that that type of weeping is going to be too heavy for all of us. For there is no answer or solution in this world. But Lord, we understand that at the core of all things is sin. At the core of all things, Lord, 
is this weeping, this fundamental weeping over our sins, this fundamental weeping over eternal punishment, and this fundamental weeping over what you accomplish for us on this earth. That these three things must be what we weep for each and every Lord time that we weep. That the weepings that we have here on this earth point to these three fundamental times that we lament. And so, Lord, help us to do so as a church, as your people. Not only simply to lament over the things, Lord, for the brokenness of this world. But help all of those things, Lord, point to a deeper weeping and a deeper longing for you. And we know, Lord, that these weepings, Lord, there are answers to that. It's you, Jesus. These fundamental weepings point us, Lord, like a straight arrow to you. For you are the answer to all things. And so, Lord, in our lament, give us joy. For you indeed are our Savior. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.